1: Va a llegar el gol del Arsenal, Ozil. Marca Mesut, Ozil. Corner, llegó el gol de Olivier Giroud. Marca el Arsenal, marca Olivier Giroud. Gol de los Gunners This is Arscast Extra. Hello there and welcome to another Arscast Extra. As always, with James from Gunner Blog, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Well, what are we what are we doing here, Andrew? What's going on? Um, I, I don't quite know. I mean, do you do you mean in general? Do you mean with the world <laughs> between the two of us? I, I don't quite know. Well, there have been some questions. Yeah, yeah. No,
2: I I mean it's it, what's well, not been a great couple of weeks for me personally. I mean that won't surprise you. But oh, what's happened with what <laughs> Nothing <laughs> to be honest, incredibly nothing specific. It's just you know the the climate of the world feels a little unpleasant, and I'm not just talking about the turn in the weather and the dark early mm. nights, but also an interla.
1: as yeah. if to rub salt into the wounds. We, we really of, could have done the globe. With, yeah, we could have done with the distraction of of football um, this last week. That's that's for sure. That is for sure. Yeah. I distracted oh, myself goodness. yesterday by going. Uh, I went to the cinema. Um, ah, did you go and see the Amy Adams film? I certainly did. Uh, Arrival, and uh, is it is it really good? I've heard it's great. Yeah, it's really, really quite a beautiful movie, and um, and that might me might make me sound a bit. I don't know. It, it just connected with me on a very mo- emotional level. Um, mm. Probably because of the week that's been going on, and and just this. It's it's just fantastic. I can't recommend it highly enough. I think uh, if you haven't already uh, seen it, go and see it. It's just a, a really, really great movie. Um, and, I, you know, I, I was there beforehand. Uh, it was a bit difficult. I'll explain to you why it was a bit difficult. We got go into on. the cinema, sat down. Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock or 20 past 2 showing, person or two people came in and sat behind and, and they got a plastic bag of something I don't know what it was but they spent about five minutes rustling through this through this plastic bag um, oh and I'm, the, I'm the, I, I kind of hate the cinema because of the noises and the people and you can hear them eating and all that kind of stuff Uh, But this was before the film. Then there was uh, three people came in, a girl and two guys, and this uh, they sat directly behind us. And one of the guys decided that he would give a running commentary of all the ads that were playing. And he would explain in great detail about why the ad was terrible and how much he disliked the ad. It was really important, obviously, that uh, everybody knew what he thought of ads. That we're playing.
2: Yeah, that's good. I mean, the nice thing about that is it means that you don't have to have your own opinion. Do you know what I mean? You exactly. don't have to make your own mind up.
1: He can just tell you. Yes, exactly. Uh, and he did so at every available opportunity. This ad is too long. This ad is, well, it's like a fake John Lewis ad, blah, blah, blah. All this kind of stuff. Then mm. there was the woman. Um, I, I was becoming quite agitated at this point. And, I, you know, I was sort of holding my head in my hands going, right, just, keep, just keep calm. To just, you know, if the movie hasn't started. Maybe they'll just shut up when the movie starts, which, to be fair, they did. So I was happy. I was happy for that. But there was a woman sitting to the right of us who I think, James, must have uh, found a genie in a bottle, like an actual genie. Right. Who came to her and said, uh, you have three wishes. Now, I don't know what her other two wishes were, but one of her wishes was for a fucking endless bag of crisps. Just <laughs> endless. <laughs> <laughs> it, You know, she was like, rattle, 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 rattle. And the ba- it went on. Like, it... Mm- it couldn't have been even a, a huge bag of crisps. It was going on for so long, it just never ran out. So she has this bag of, I don't know what kind of crisps, cheesy what's-its or rancheros, who knows what they are. Just maybe plain cheese and onion crisps. I don't know, but the bag never ran out. Never ran out. Oh, good Lord. It <clears throat> just c- continued on and on. I would say crisps, yeah.
2: crisps are a noisier food stuff than popcorn even, aren't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think crisps should be banned from cinemas, as should nachos and anyone who wants to eat anything should also be banned like get your fucking dinner before you go or afterwards don't sit yeah. there fucking eating in, in somebody's ear but um have you, have you ever been to one of those posh cinemas where they have like service
2: you know where like someone like brings you like actual hot food and meals and stuff
1: what that's that-
2: yeah where? That exists. Really? In London. No Andrew, way. In, in London, the most pretentious city in the world. <laughs> Holy shit. What, so you've got a table and you can eat a meal. And you've cr- you don't have a table. You have like a little sort of two-person couch or booth. Right. And then, you know, you order things at a bar and
1: then a waitress like, brings them over to you. But drinks like what? Like drinks and snacks like, but not like a not like a meal, not like uh steak if you order Diane. Like a pizza, <laughs> they'll
2: bring you a pizza or whatever. Now, I don't think they have steak Diane, but you know, it's you could probably request it. Yeah. Jesus. There's a dog barking away in the background. I can hear that. Curious about that.
1: Yeah, he's very. do well, you like dogs in the cinema? Uh I would be all right with dogs in the cinema as long as they were quiet, you know? Mm. But- mm. What can you do it? Yeah, better than noisy snacks I have to tell you. But anyway, yeah, that was my little distraction and that um, that was it's a very good movie. So I, I say go and see it. It'll make you feel oh, s- stuff. By the way, for the rest of the podcast I'm just going to crack into a massive bag of crisps yeah. <laughs> and just sit
2: here eating it. Yeah. But I, I must point out actually, I, I did a stand-up gig recently and a guy called Jamie D'Souza, who is another act who was on the bill with me mm. brought me a bag of ham on ruffles.
1: No way! All the way from yeah. Spain?
2: Seriously. He, he saw that I was on the bill with him, and he, he had been in Spain, and he brought me a, a gift of some ham on ruffles. I was so touched by it. Oh, and wow. I promptly sat
1: there eating them all. Delicious. I, did you share them with him, or was it you ate them when you got home? I'm not an idiot. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Didn't, didn't open them there, no, no. No, I
2: don't want to share those with anyone. Yeah. Um, I, but I was, fair. yeah very touched so thank you Jamie wherever you are yeah
1: if i if i was to get an endless bag of crisps like that woman in the in the cinema yesterday i w- i think i would probably go for for ham and ruffles yeah. yeah well that's reasonable enough
2: right. um well when you went to the cinema mm. i actually did go to a football match what did you go and see i went to see england against scotland
1: oh uh, sorry to hear that yeah, there was
2: someone eating crisps all the way through, you, really? but I... <laughs> no, I mean, look, Gav Southgate is now the messiah of English football, having mm. recorded the biggest victory ever Scotland in several millennia or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think an Arsenal player keeps a ball in anger, really. Not even Jack Wilshere or Theo Alcott got off the bench. So. Yeah. But it was... Um, and they saw three-headed goals. That's, I don't have anything to observe about that, really. It just, it's a fact.
1: Three-headers. Uh,
2: but I went... Yeah, three headers. I went to that. I I had a quite a corporate experience. I was in Club Wembley. It's a bit like one of those posh cinemas, really. And there was a (laughs) half time. There was like a busker in the concourse. Oh
1: no. Yeah, yeah, like a woman, a microphone. Oh no, with a guy with a guitar. Oh, that's a bit like the guy when you're at a party and like someone like pulls out their acoustic guitar. Let's do Wonderwall. You're like, oh,
2: yeah, yeah. It was a little bit like that, and. No one's listening to them, and yeah, I, I kept wondering what she was getting paid. Probably quite a lot. Yeah, I'd do it probably, but you know, I'll, I'll do anything. I,
1: th- I think, yeah, I was just going to say that uh, over the over the course of this podcast, we've learned that uh, you will pretty much do anything. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, but you know, it was might have been the last chance to see. Gordon Strachan in action
1: as an international manager. So, well, you know, I really cashed in there. Yeah, what a what a privilege that that is. You know, something to tell your grandkids in the future. I was there when Gordon I was. There, I saw
2: Southgate versus Strachan,
1: <laughs> the clash of the managerial titans. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, well, I didn't really see much of uh, much of what was going on this weekend in terms of the football. I did watch the last half an hour of Ireland against Austria. Yes, um, it was on in the bar that I was in on Saturday evening. Ireland one 0 up. James McLean scored the goal, mm-hmm. and then I think I think he ran off and did a big puppy shaped shit on the side of yeah. the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, so he he scored, and Ireland kind of hung on, and it was quite amusing to watch the uh, the Lidl Ibrahimovic. He got crankier and crankier as the game went on. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And they missed an amazing chance in the last couple of seconds um, to to score an equaliser, Austria. This guy sort of stooped and headed it well wide um, when he probably should have scored. But a a great win for Ireland, that. Um, And Roy Keane was on the sidelines looking decidedly mental with his big beard and his (laughs) tracksuit. I I do wonder why... you know the way there is this tradition of, um, you know, Arsenal Mental players people having bids. <laughs> no, oh no! Right. Uh, the the captain decides what shirt length, uh, what what sleeves we wear, whether it's short sleeves or long sleeves. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Martin O'Neill must must make it a, a thing that all his coaching staff have to wear tracksuits and trainers, because he does, I guess. Right. He doesn't want anyone to show him up. Yeah, you can't be out there wearing a nice suit while Martin O'Neill is looking like, you know, a guy in a tracksuit and trainers. I don't know what my point is here, but...
2: Uh, Well, Roy Keane's obviously helping. I mean, Roy Keane couldn't look less smart, could he? I mean, he looks, you know, with respect, he looks like a a homeless man who's stumbled onto the side of the field and started screaming (laughs) abuse at
1: people. Yeah. And look, there's a lot to be said for that in football. It's up there with passion and running around a bit as one of the most important things that you can do. Um, mm. but, uh, no, a great win. Great win for Ireland. Uh, I didn't really see, uh, what else happened. Uh, did Wales
2: Wales played. I watched Aaron Ramsey play for Wales. How did he play? Uh, oh, uh, energetically. He ran around a lot. He looks fit, that's uh, for sure. That's but good. They, they drew one and all. Um, they took a lead through Gareth Bale, as ever, and then they pegged back later on by Serbia with uh, Mitrovic of Newcastle, scored a late header, and everyone looked very sad. Right. I think their qualification campaign has you know, it's hit a few problems. I think they drew with Austria as well, so yeah. uh, they've not exactly carried on the momentum.
1: I'm just looking Euros. at the thing here. Ireland are, are top of the group. Ireland played four, one, three, one 3 drawn one, ten points. Serbia in second. On eight points, Wales. Then on six points, Austria, uh, who I guess would have been the favorites um, yeah, maybe. for that group. Uh, they're on four points, Georgia. On two points, and Moldova on a single point there as well. So, um, wow, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think Serbia are a decent side. I think Wales are a, a decent side. So that's a tight group, really. But Ireland mm. actually doing pretty well in yeah. the, the the competition. Yeah. Uh, not sure exactly who they've played yet, but yeah. So I saw Aaron Ramsey in action there. Um, what else should we, should we should we attempt an international roundup? What have people been doing? I mean, obviously, I feel like we should probably talk about what what on earth is going on with Alexis Sanchez. Essentially.
1: Ye- yeah, we probably should. I, uh, there's so much. Um I don't know if misinformation panic, is the right fear. word. Yeah, but this is, there is panic and there is fear, and uh, I think there's something very—you've got to read something into what Arsene Wenger said last week, don't you? That he's—he's he's normally quite quiet during the international breaks. You rarely hear from him, but he, he said it would be suicidal um, for for Chile to play Alexis Sanchez on Tuesday. The information, because they had initially put out that he had uh, a calf injury, I think. And Arsene Wenger said, "No, hang on. I, I've I've got a text here to say that it's uh, it's a hamstring problem. I don't know if you've seen the blog today. There's a picture of Alexis with what looks like um, well, very heavy strapping on his mm-hmm. uh, on his uh, hamstring. So it's clear there's a hamstring problem. Um, the The seriousness of it is the is the thing that we uh, aren't quite sure about. You know, is it a low grade?" problem which is what Chile are saying uh, or is it much more serious than that are Chile playing him because they know they don't have another international in a few months and they can say well look you know we'll try to get him through this game because he's so important to us and we don't really care what happens to him at Arsenal we don't care what Arsenal do or how it affects Arsenal in any way Um, so it is it's all a bit strange and weird and up in the air I mean what what do you make of it all (sighs) I don't
2: know. I mean, it was it was, it was was an unusually uh, strongly worded statement from Arsene, wasn't it? Mm. He, he says it would be suicidal, but it would probably be more homicidal because it's not going to hurt Chile themselves. It's going to hurt us directly. Yeah, it's going to yeah. hurt Arsenal. Um, and I think, obviously, it was a year ago, pretty much, wasn't it, that Alexis's hamstring went pop at Norwich? Yeah. And he missed about six weeks, something like that. So that, that must be in Arsene Wenger's thoughts. I think... I don't know how much control the clubs have here. Like, you know, can Arsene stop him from
1: playing? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I I don't think there's anything Arsenal can do from here, uh, or from this side of the Atlantic anyway, other than to express concerns and other than perhaps to make contact with the player and, and say to him, look, we understand that you... You want to uh, play for your country. We understand the importance of the game against Uruguay, but also you have a responsibility to your club as well. We're the ones that pay your wages. Um, if there's a chance that he could damage that hamstring any further, like, and put him out for a significant period of time, uh, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, but I don't know <laughs> That's that... The
2: message, don't do it. You
1: know, just don't yeah. do it. But I, I don't know that... I don't know that he'll pay any attention to that. I don't know. I mean, I mean, what would your opinion be if, let's say, we find out on Wednesday morning or Thursday, Alexis comes back and is ruled out for X amount of uh, weeks because he played on Tuesday uh, for Chile. He misses games against Manchester United, PSG, etc., etc. I mean, what? Where would your opinion of Alexis be? if you knew that he went into that game, uh, the Chile game, knowing that he might aggravate this this injury even further?
2: I'd be hugely frustrated with him, but also quite unsurprised. I mean, we know that this is the way he approaches the game, a uh, club level and international level. He wants to play every single minute, and obviously there's something short-sighted about that because it can prove mm. costly. I think it would tell you a little bit about where his priorities lie, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it would it would illustrate that international football maybe is is more important to them than is club football, and mm-hmm. that's something that we've. I think we've experienced it with English players to an extent. in The past, it's felt a bit like that with Theo Walcott times and Jack Wilshere. Uh, uh, Jack Wilshire, <laughs> certainly in terms of what he's done this season, going out to Bournemouth, and that would be annoying. I mean, the, the problem is that I uh, I really worry about losing Alexis. I think of all the players we could lose in our team, losing him. Is such a blow because him playing up front this season has really changed the dynamic of the team. And I think, Mm. you know, aside from the addition of Mustafi, who's become a regular starter, that's the big, major difference, really, between the team this season and last season. I think it's given us so much. So to lose him, especially at a time when the obvious replacement in Lucas Perez is not available, would be a, a massive, massive blow.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, how much responsibility does he have to take then? Um... It's, it's difficult well, I, mean, I, I think I, we, I think we know that it, he's if you were to ask him his priorities Chile would be would be the number one and I, d- I don't think mm. that's necessarily just true of Alexis I think it's true of a lot of uh, a lot of players um, maybe not so much the English ones but certainly uh, some of the international players would would prioritize uh, their countries over their clubs um, but we we know how much he loves to play. We know how much he hates being injured. So is there, there's got to be some sort of rationalization in his own mind that, okay, look, I really want to play this game, but if I do, I could miss two months, let's say. And that's got to be more frustrating than just missing You know, one game. It's not as if Chile's uh, qualification hopes will be uh, completely dashed if he doesn't play or if they don't qualify. Nobody's going to say, well, it's because Alexis didn't put his body on the line for us. I don't think maybe there would be some hardcore lunatics who would say something like that, but the reality of it is that, you know, you've got to have a bit of, a bit of common sense. Um, and if it's, if it's a hamstring injury that could uh, put you on the sidelines for a couple of months, surely that's much worse than missing one game for your country, I think. Well, Is that just common sense? That is common
2: sense. That is common sense. And you would think that that would play out and common sense would come through, but it it doesn't look that way right now, does mm. it? I mean, he's training. It looks as if they're, they're planning to pick him. It looks as if he's planning to play. I... I mean, we're, we're literally in a position where we're just crossing our fingers, really, aren't we? And yeah. hoping he somehow comes through. And then, of course, Arsenal are left with a decision of if he does come back relatively unscathed, do we have then take the risk of playing him again this weekend? Or is it us who have to go, well, he needs
1: some time to recover or he's going to seriously hurt himself? Yeah, that's a very good point. That is a very good point. Because he could get through the game without doing any further damage to it, but the damage that's already been done might need him to be... Taken out of the taken out of the uh, firing line, he, he might have mm. to just rest anyway. I mean, when you talk about him being the the one player that we can't afford to lose, obviously the way the team has played this season uh, has got a lot to do with Alexis playing at centre forward and the replacement Olivier Giroud. Assuming he comes through uh, uh, the internationals, I think France have got a, a friendly, don't they, against Ivory Coast. Mm. Um, In midweek, Arsene Wenger hoping that France don't play Lauren Koscielny because it's just a friendly, but Giroud, possibly a guy who could use a bit of match practice and and get some sharpness under his belt. But uh, the way 2016 is going, you know, we could wake up Wednesday morning and and, uh, Alexis could be gone and Giroud could be, like, knackered as well. So, um, but uh, let's assume that Giroud is the guy and we don't have Hector Bellerin. Uh, He's going to be out for a while because he's got uh, ankle ligament damage. Those are two players who have a very big influence on the way that this team performs. And the replacements that we have, uh, I mean, Giroud for Alexis, it's different. I don't think there's quite the same gulf quality as there is between, let's say, Bellerin and Carl Jenkinson. Yeah, I mean, it's a
2: shame, isn't it? Because, well, I mean, we, we are we have lost a central midfielder. It looks like Santi is still going to be out when yeah. we come back for the international break. But that's an area where I think we can absorb the loss of players to a far greater extent. Uh, in fact, pretty much almost any position on the field than those two at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Um, I think right back's the one where there's the biggest drop-off in terms of uh, the, the, the calibre of the options available. Yeah. Uh, and up front, you know, without Welbeck and Lucas, it's not quite what it might be in the second half of the season in terms of options. Mm. So, yeah, Bellerin and and Alexis are a big two. And you know, when you look at that Manchester United team, I can't help but feel that uh, our pace is an area where we could potentially really hurt them, uh, especially. You know, if we're away from home and we can play on the counter attack at all, we don't know if that would be possible against a Jesse Mourinho team. But either way, that speed is is so important to the way we go forward. And Bellerin and Alexis are, you know, two of the most obvious exponents of that.
1: Do you do you um, think there's any way he might play Theo Walcott as a striker, for example, uh, at Old Trafford? I don't know. Uh, one wonders if the
2: scars of <laughs> Old Trafford earlier this year are still too deep, you know, for that. But, I mean, because uh, Walcott decided up top in that game, it was absolutely dire, wasn't mm. it? I know this is a, a different Theo Walcott, but has not part of what's been different about him been the, the position. You know, I yeah, think yeah, he's yeah. been much better on that right-hand side. Uh, I mean, I think it would be Giroud. I think it would be Giroud. And I think, I guess what you have to hope is that someone, you know, someone like Walcott, Playing from wide can help make the difference too, um, rather than just relying on Alexis through the middle. But it's not—it's not the most encouraging uh, news, you know. We we always talk about November, and it feels like—yeah—feels <laughs> like that that old curse is beginning to strike now.
1: Yes, yeah. And um, look, maybe we are sitting here being a bit fatalistic. Maybe we're looking at the the very worst possible case scenario, and it could be better. It might be okay. Who knows? I, I mean, I don't really think that, but <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just trying to make myself feel a little bit better. That's all. It's, yeah, it's um, not your actual opinion, but no, it's, it's plausible. It is exactly. You know, this this could be a thing, but I don't think so. It's not what I think. Um, yeah, I'd say Arsene Wenger is going mad. I'd say he's going mad. He did he did leave. Um, what did he say? There was something he said during the week which was which was quite good. I have to see if I can find it here. Um, He was talking about, you know, when, when players are away. He says, sometimes you have a sleepless night because some of your players have been injured. And sometimes you're angry because they play a friendly game. They're overloaded with games. And instead of being taken off, they play the full 90 minutes. Then he says, we've got an hour afterwards where, after all the fixtures, where we text each other, myself and the physios, to ask, are they all right? Oh, we've got this injury. We've got that injury. So... I'd say this particular interlol uh, taking into account as well that Hector Bellerin went away uh with with Spain's under 21s and came back from mm. there with this ankle ligament injury where which I assume happened during training uh, for for the Spain under 21s. Think it was during training. Yeah. You know. So we've got uh Bellerin out uh, this whole Alexis saga going on, um, and then he's he's looking at uh, other players who are away, uh, like Koscielny, He's going to give him a rest, you know. And you can't tell international managers what to do. I mean, clubs have really, unless a player is so badly injured they can't go. Once they're away, they've they've literally got no recourse. They've no official channel to go through other than to appeal to the the common sense. Of the international managers and international managers may well understand the predicament of a club manager, but at the end of the day, they're going to do what's best for them, for their job, for their team. And if it means playing a slightly injured player with the risk that when he gets back to his club, he's out for a while, they're going to do it 99% of the time.
2: Yeah, I know it's a it's a it's a tough time for us, and he just has to, you know, sit on his hands effectively and hope for the best. But mm. it's, uh, I mean, look, Bellerin, and Alexis. But I mean, there's still another round of fixtures to get through. So they, I don't know. They, I'm crossing all all my digits really.
1: Yeah, they are they are um, friendlies though, for the most part in Europe anyway. It's uh, all the games are friendlies. Uh, I think, mm. during the week. So there's no actual qualifier. So perhaps the intensity of those games will be will be a, a little less. You know, they won't... Um, well, yeah. Yeah. Having
2: watched some of those international friendlies in recent years, I can assure you they, they will be less intense. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't put anything past our guys. No,
1: not at all. <laughs> uh, not at no. all. All right, what else has been uh, happening?
2: Well, I guess you know it's funny enough. We've been talking about these players already, but there's been, I think, since we spoke, there's been contractual news about about Bellerin, Certainly, yeah. Uh, not not officially confirmed by the club as yet. Is that right? But, that, but yeah, not official. But it seems dusted. all
1: all done and dusted. Yeah. And uh, some stories today about Massad um, Özil buying a, a brand new house. Did you see that? I, yes, I've just I, did, seen I did. Someone someone tweeting about it. he's bought a, a ten million pound house in in Highgate in North London, uh, which would suggest that uh, he sees his future in London. So, well, I mean, it's a, a, it's
2: a good investment either way. But yes, <laughs> I, I'm choosing to interpret that optimistically. I, I think, uh, and it also there's had a lot of money spent on a house, so maybe there's areas of pay rise in mm. the other thing for Meza. Mm. But I, um, there have been a couple of stories as well. I'm aware that I think uh, Steve Stammers and maybe John Cross have suggested that while Özil's contract talks are progressing. Well, and should be should be confirmed possibly soon rather than later. That maybe Alexis is a, a little bit trickier. Um, I don't yeah. know if there's been a fallout about his, his, his insistence on playing for Chile all the time. But
1: well, uh, I mean, if you were if you were negotiating a new contract with a club and uh, you know you've you've deliberately ignored medical advice and put yourself out of action as one of the team's most important players, you know there might be a bit of a standoff there. I believe that the Alexis thing—we uh, we've, we we've both had doubts about it, uh, mm. or, or concerns about it. I, I guess you would say. Uh, I think they're they're looking for a lot of money, um, yeah. and that that could well be a, a sticking point. And I, I also—I'm not—I'm not necessarily convinced that Alexis is a guy who would want to see out his career at Arsenal. I feel like he's a guy who would look at having one more move um, you know to to a to another club to a big European club um, so yeah it's it's a it's a bit of a worry in in that regard as well so um,
2: yeah I wonder if you know that if, I mean, that's one that's gonna run for some time he's twenty seven he'll be twenty eight in December so you'd think that if he has got one more big move in him. It's it's sort of now or never, really.
1: Yeah, but the end of the end of this season, with a year left on his Arsenal contract, will Arsenal hold him if he decides that he's not going to sign a new contract? Will he? Will we well, just hold on to him? Let him see out his contract and let him leave? Or will we cash in and try and find a replacement? That's uh, that's the big question. That's the big decision for Arsene Wenger uh, to make, should it come to that. But look, I think that's one we can uh, we can park for for a little while. Um, uh, what else is going on? Shall I run you through what else our players have been
2: up to internationally? Yes, Got please. Got a list in front of me here, yeah, oh, wow. of Well, Nacho Montreal scored a goal. Did you see that?
1: I did. Very nice side-footed finish. Lovely.
2: Against Macedonia. Yeah, mm. lovely volley from him. Uh, Mohamed El neni played the entirety of Egypt's 2-0 win over Ghana.
1: Mm-hmm. Good for him.
2: Granite Xhaka won his 50th international cap for Switzerland against the Faroe Islands.
1: Wow, so, 50 caps. He's only 23 years of age. That is uh, I know. That's a lot of caps at that well, age. Well, he
2: came through at 17, didn't he? And he's sort of, yeah, I mean, he's he's racking them up. He's sort of like the the Swiss Rooney but not as fat or hideous yeah. um, <laughs> let's hope he lasts a bit longer than that as well uh, Ramsey would have been over oh, what about Alex Iwobi and his little flick did you see
1: that? Doing I, did, the rounds I the did see that, yeah, it was great I mean, uh, from the limited uh, length of the video clip uh, it wasn't clear that the whistle had already gone <laughs> when he yeah. made that flick which is a bit of a shame but what a piece of skill Exactly.
2: Mm -hmm. I'd love him to do that at Old Trafford on Saturday if he could pull it out again. That'd be nice to see. Um, Ninety minutes for Koscielny and Giroud for France against Sweden. Mm -hmm. Uh, But hopefully, as you say, Koscielny will now get a rest. Oh, Serge
1: Gnabry. Did you see him? Yeah. (laughs) Hat-trick. Hat-trick against Uh the mighty San Marino. Yeah, what can you do? eh? Mm. Uh, I
2: mean, it's funny, I saw some criticism of Arsenal off the back of that one, you know, saying, oh, you let Gnabry go and blah, blah, blah. But there really wasn't much more Arsene Wenger could have done, is there?
1: No, I don't think so. It was clear he wanted to leave. I I still think there's something suspicious about the the Bayern Munich involvement in, in that transfer. I think his head was, it all happened so quickly that he must, you know, Something must be going on behind the scenes there because, you know, with the greatest of respect to Werder Bremen, um, you know, being at Arsenal would have provided him with some Champions League football. I don't think there's any doubt he would have played at at times Mm. this season uh, if he had stayed. And I think probably he's got, you know, some some bigger ambitions. But uh, yeah, look. If a player wants to go and a player has his head turned, there's there's not a lot you can do about it. Um, Arsenal did offer him a new deal. Arsenal stood by him for the two years that he was out injured and didn't play when he went on loan to, to West Brom. Um, so, you know, I don't think Arsenal can be criticized really in any way for the way they've treated Ganabry And maybe, you know, you might ask questions of the way is has, has treated Arsenal.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Especially, yeah, given the loyalty, the way they used to buy him through so many injury problems, you know, Mm. it wouldn't have been too much to expect. That's to be reciprocated. Mm. Um, David Espina, last of all, kept a clean sheet against Chile because he didn't have to face Alexis.
1: Yeah. So, you go. Well, there you go. Okay, well, what an exciting interlol it's been. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. right? What a thrilling rundown. It sure is. All right, look, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with part two, your questions, and more right after this. This is John Grills from The Creepy Podcast. With Best Christmas Ever on AMC+, every day feels like Christmas morning. From new holiday favorites like Elf and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, to modern iconic family classics like The Polar Express and The Year Without a Santa Claus, you can spend the holiday season opening only the good stuff. Plus, you get a stocking stuffed with highly acclaimed AMC series like The Walking Dead and Mad Men. New series like Gangs of London and The Walking Dead World Beyond. And you're also getting your favorite iconic Christmas movies without having to search. AMC Plus is available on all your devices. Sign up today at amcplus.com. AMC Plus. Only the good stuff.
0: This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy
1: Welcome back to the Arsecast Extra. This is part two of the show where we answer some of the questions or the topics that you uh, you ask us about on Twitter at Gunnerblog and at Arsblog and over on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Arseblog. Before we do that, though, a couple of little things to tell you about. Uh, the Arscast Extra Extra live is on Thursday, yeah. November 24th. So the day after the PSG game, whether we'll have Alexis mm. or not, it, I don't know. or. Or anyone? Will anyone be fit for that game? What's your prediction, James? I say no.
2: Uh, I say zero players. I think all the players and me will be injured.
1: Well, the thing Uh, is, if you're injured, chances are everything's going to go all right for us then. That's true. We'll still win if I'm injured. So (laughs) That'll be fine. But we're going to be in the garage in Highbury in Islington uh, on Thursday evening, doors open at six o'clock, podcast starts around seven o'clock, so it's going to be myself and yourself, James, we're joined by Amy Lawrence, we're joined by Philippe O'Claire, and uh, who knows who else might pop along on the night, Um, there's a bar, we can chat about Arsenal, we can chat about whatever, Alexis, anything you like, Uh, we'll be doing the audience Q&A as we normally do with an Arscast Extra. And you can get tickets right now from myticket.co.uk. So go to myticket.co.uk, uh, search for Arscast, and you can get tickets there. Or if you go to the uh, Arse blog Twitter uh, page, you can see a link. I think I have a pinned tweet there, uh, which uh, gives you a link directly to the ticket. So it will be great to see you come along and join us. It should be fun.
2: Very nice. I will also pin a tweet once I figure out
1: how to do it. You've got to go Uh, to the web page and uh, (laughs) write a tweet, and then there's a little thing there that says pin tweet. So you can do it that way. Okay.
2: Lovely. And now everyone at home can do that as well, yeah. if they care. So, uh, and, and also, did, was there not some uh, celebration to news? Are we not
1: nominated for something or other? We are indeed. The Football Supporters Federation Awards 2016 Podcast of the Year. So Arscast, uh, which includes the Arscast and this Arscast Extra, of course, is up against Atletico Mints, the big interview with Graham Hunter. The Football Ramble, mm-hmm. the Game Podcast, and the Guardian's Football Weekly Podcast. So, some fairly big opposition there. St- it's got stiff to be said, competition, stiff competition yeah. indeed. There's a there's a Barcelona, there's a Real Madrid in there, and we are we're Arsenal. So, help us get beyond the round of sixteen, folks. Uh, I'll put up a link on today's post uh, with this podcast. Uh, you could vote for the Arscast. That would be uh, that would be very much appreciated. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. that'd be lovely. Thank no, you very much, no, guys. We'll that would be, be superb. Mm. All right. Well, will we do uh, Will we do some questions?
2: I think we will. I All think right. we'll do it imminently. Right. Uh, we'll do it, do it now, in fact. Almost. Uh, have, you, have you got a question you'd like to pose?
1: Uh, yes, I do. Um, okay. Where has where it gone, though? Um... <laughs> you, you don't sound convincing. Look,
2: if you haven't got any questions, that's fine. You know, I've got some questions. I could give you a question. Yeah,
1: you do that while I try and find the question that I was going to uh, ask.
2: Okay, right. Um, this this one comes from Curtis Fair, uh, and I hope you're listening and not just looking for that question. Just to be clear, <laughs> um, but he says, "Hey, blogs." So it's addressed to you. He's right. Not bothered about my my opinion. Right. Do you agree with the treatment of Debushi? Clearly, been frozen out the squad. Appears in training. But never on the bench, and I thought I'd give that one a shout, especially with Hector Bellerin
1: now injured this is yeah it's it's a it's a it's a relevant question Suddenly relevant yes, yes. well uh, interestingly i I sought an update uh, about Matthew Debuchy from the club's communications department right just this very morning and uh, wow, I, okay. I said, what's going on what's what's the story with with Debuchy? come on you can, you can tell me just tell me you know be honest here we're, we're all pals it's all good to, you know tell me uh and they said uh, he's he's on his way back uh, from a calf injury and will be training this week um, which means I guess that he's still some way away from from playing um some way away from being ready for first team action so I'm not necessarily sure he has been frozen out per se I just think he's been he's been injured um but it does mean our Carl Jenkinson it provides an opportunity for Carl Jenkinson uh for the next few weeks anyway while while Bellerin is out or until such time as Debushi gets himself back to match fitness but you know to be honest I would be quite I'd be surprised to see Debushi again um unless things got you know bad really bad
0: uh, yeah
2: well I think the return of Jenkinson kind of put paid to Debussy's Arsenal career which is funny funny in a way because when Debussy arrived at Arsenal that seemed to be precisely what uh, was going to push Jenkinson out of the club Mm. Uh, but he's come back from loan and I I mean the only reason Debussy didn't leave this summer is simply because Jenkinson wasn't fit yet that's the only real way I can make sense of it yeah Um, or they couldn't find a club who was willing to take on his salary yeah may have been part of it too Mm. um for while we're on the subject, Othman, who's at 2 Aidri on Twitter, asks would you play who would you play at right back versus United? Jenkinson or move Mustafi and play holding in the
1: middle? Oh um I hadn't really thought about Mustafi as as a right back option, to be honest.
2: Um well I mean you're you know, you're enforcing two changes on your back four mm, rather than
1: just one by mm. doing that. And um, would um, he would he play holding or would he play Gabriel? Gabriel. So that's a Gabrielle yeah. uh Casciani partnership. Gabrielle had a fucking nightmare at Old Trafford last year. He was terrible Very true. that day. Um it's a big ask for Rob Holding, you know, mm. as
2: good as he's been to come into that game.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have too many concerns really about Rob Holding uh, if he were to play, but I just think making another uh, change to your back four might not be the way to go, you know. Um, so I think he'll I think he'll play Jenkinson uh, and hope that he can. Like, was the last time Carl Jenkinson played at Old Trafford? Was it the eight two?
2: I don't know. He was sent off in that game, wasn't he? It was he was. A really yeah. Dark day for him.
1: Dark uh, day for everyone, James.
2: Yes, it really was. I don't know if he's. I think he might have played there since then, maybe in a, a cup tie or something. But mm. uh, yeah, I uh,
1: there'd be some ghosts to exercise, certainly. Yes, indeed, for sure. All right. Well, uh, hopefully that clears it up about the Matthew Debushi thing. Calf injury. Okay. So calf injury.
2: Calf. Oh, good to know. Yes. Ha- Have you, uh, and we think it's a real injury, not one of those sort of Arsene Wenger injuries.
1: I I don't know. I mean, would it be beyond (laughs) the realms of possibility that the Arsenal Communications Department, you know, put out a story that isn't necessarily 100% of the truth? It's possible, isn't it? Who knows in in this world we live in fear and misinformation you just can't be 100% sure but you know you got to take the info in good faith and to be fair he hasn't really been seen there's been in training now and again hasn't he sort of uh you know piffling around the edges of it so um we'll see I, I think there's probably something a little more going on with the whole Debushi thing than just the calf injury but uh, you know we'll take that at, take that at face value it's a it's as reasonable an explanation as any Take them point. at their word. Yeah. Have you have you discovered your question you were searching he, for? Yes, I have. I have. Um, ah, good. This one comes from John Stuart Hendry on the old Facebook. And he says, with all the young players we've had over the years who have, rightly or wrongly, been destined for greatness but have ultimately not lived up to the hype, do you think there's something fundamentally wrong with the coaching system? Who? Cool.
2: Um, that's an interesting question. Because my first reaction is to say that (coughs) I I don't feel like there's a particular weight of of players who, you know, were destined for the top and then didn't necessarily make it. I actually think that Arsenal's conversion rate of, let's say, young teenage talent into first team players Mm. is a pretty good one. I think it's uh, probably among the best in the in the Premier League. If you look at them bringing players through from the academy, you know I, I think that what happens is that expectations of those players sometimes spiral out of all control and all realism. Uh, and there was definitely a time where it felt like. I don't know if it was because we'd had the Invincibles and we'd had such you know, we'd had some brilliant, brilliant young players come through I mean I know they weren't academy players, but the likes of Vieira, you know, came through and went on to become the best midfield player in the world. So I think there was mm. a time where any young player who, who broke into the Arsenal side we thought, Well, we've got a world beater on our hands here. I mean, I always think of Nicholas Bentner and Arturo Lupoli, you know, setting the youth yeah. division to light with yeah. their goal scoring antics. And we thought, well, you know, we've got the new Thierry Henry just waiting in the wings. But I, I think that those expectations were the thing that was was wrong there. I don't necessarily... I actually think that the academy and the youth development is still one of the strong points at Arsenal. And I think that, you know, you look at the current first team, you've got Bellerin in there, you've got Cochlan in there, you've got Iwobi in there. That's actually something that's quite hard for, for other English Champions League clubs mm. to replicate. So... No, I, I don't think it's a particular indictment of the coaching staff. What, what about you? I just think
1: people underestimate how how difficult it is to to make the step up. Mm. That the the gap between being a top youth level player and being a top senior player is huge. It's enormous, and there's only ever going to be one or two every couple of seasons that are that are going to be good enough to make the breakthrough. Like a lot of the Arsenal youth academy. Um, uh, what products down the years have gone on to have good careers, good Premier League careers? Um, you know, there was a time where there were just you know countless, countless, uh, like the the Steve Sidwell generation. You know those guys yeah. who who pretty much all spread out across the Premier League and were middle to lower uh, table teams, but they had good Premier League careers. You know, uh, but I, I just think that it's so incredibly difficult. There's on the one hand, right? There's this this demand. This cacophony of noise for the for the team to be as good as it can possibly be, to be full of world-class players in every position with world-class backup. And at the same time, people are screaming for young players who, uh, over the years, clearly haven't been anywhere near good enough to be given a chance as well. So I don't think mm-hmm. you can have the two things. You can't want a team that's good enough to win the Premier League and good enough to win the Champions League and at the same time demand that a young player who you've barely seen for the most part, who about whom you have little to no information in terms of their their character or their... Uh, you know their attitude, how they operate in training. You know, are they committed enough? You know, are they are they dedicated enough? We don't have any of that information. You know, when, when a manager makes a decision about a young player, he's basing it on what he sees in the entirety of what that young player does at the club, not just in the 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 cameos that we might see if he gets a run out as a substitute or a game in the in the Capital One Cup, right? And I, I don't mm. think there have been very many young players at Arsene Wenger have, that has let go that have come back to haunt him. I don't really... I can't think of any. No, no. I mean, I the, mean... people talked about uh, Benny Kofobe the other uh, last season. You know, he scored a lot of goals for Wolves and got himself a move to Bournemouth. And they said, well, why didn't we keep Benny Well, one, because Benny wouldn't have developed into the player that he that he was without regular football so he dropped down and fair play to me dropped down to mk dons wasn't it and uh, worked his way back up into the premier league but look at him in the premier league now he's not starting regularly for uh for bournemouth i don't know what his goal scoring is like um
2: it's not great i mean i don't think he's got a goal this season and as you say yeah he's, he's coming off the bench for bournemouth he's not He's not a regular in yeah. the
1: team, you know. So a good player uh, who could have a good Premier League career there or thereabouts, but you know, is he is he the right player for Arsenal? If you're if you're complaining about Olivier Giroud not being good enough, you can't then say we have to give Benik a chance. Does yeah. that make sense?
2: Yeah, of course it does. And I'm trying to think, and I'm I'm trying to think if you know if you look at Manchester United. You think of Gerard Piquet, Paul Pogba, players who've who've left as young players, mm. albeit on their own terms, uh, rather than necessarily at the will of the manager, and have gone on to have massive, massive careers. Uh, I mean, look, it's been a promising start for Serge Gnabry, a word of Bremen, but he's not anywhere like that level Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anyone who does fit that bill. I'm not necessarily sure, sure that there is. What There are a, a history of players who maybe haven't, quite lived up to our expectations. Sure. You you know, you think of, um, I don't know, you think of your Philippe Senderosses or something like that, someone who... Carlos Carlos Vela. Exactly, yeah. You know, the the Carling Cup generation, really. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Who shone in those games, but never quite converted it. Um, Even, you know, Jeremy Aliadier, if you go back a little bit. But uh, I, I think that, I think, as I said before, at the risk of repeating myself, I think that's because... The expectations are too high, and as you say, the the leap is so great from one to the other. You can't necessarily expect many players to bridge that divide. Mm. Uh, and there, as as we've said, I don't think there are many who've gone on to do that elsewhere. It's suggesting that the problem's kind of endemic to Arsenal.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same at every big club. You know how many how many players are are coming through with, uh, at, the, at the big clubs? When's the last time Chelsea brought through a young player? Now, the, the mm. dynamic and the, the system and the setup there is, is different to Arsenal. You know, they're not necessarily... Um, it's not part of what they do, whereas it is, to be fair to Arsenal, something that they, you know, we do try and do. We do try and give uh, academy candidates a chance. And the ones that come in and take their chances uh, are rewarded for that. You look at Hector Bellerin. Um, I know it's uh, circumstances, all the, all the things had to line up for him to be given that chance... But you know it was there, and he was there when when the opportunity knocked. You know, so uh, of course, yeah. I don't I don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong. I just think it's incredibly difficult for a young player to to make the step up from top youth player to top senior player. Very few of them can do it.
2: That's it. Yeah, for every Hector Bellerin, there's a J. Emmanuel Thomas, mm. uh, and it's 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 a difficult transition to make. Mm. Um, Let's have another question. Uh, I've said that. I've done that thing where I say that and I am not primed at all, you know. You're just um, But let's uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just swinging it now. Yeah. Uh this is from Neon Away Shirts on Twitter. Uh and they ask after Iwobi's rainbow flick for Nigeria, what's the most outrageous piece of skill you've seen from an Arsenal player?
1: Oh fucking hell. Um I'm sure there are like <laughs> countless examples of Arsenal players doing incredible things. But my memory is such that... What did I have for I'll tell breakfast? You, my, uh, what did, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit like that.
2: I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but uh, the reason I chose this question is partly because I, I just want to talk about this again. But, but I mean, there were about, there were about 80 things that Carnu did in an Arsenal shirt that could oh, qualify.
1: yeah, okay, I know the one you're talking about. And that would... Actually, that was... The most outrageous, because why the, the deportivo thing, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- w- I think in terms of if the word 's outrageous, that's
2: got to be the one right
1: yeah, you you should describe it because maybe there's some people because this happened back in the in the nineties, so maybe there are some people who don 't know this uh this piece of wizardry, awesomeness. Yeah, but basically Canu's sort of going through on
2: goal in, I don't know, he's sort of in the left-hand channel, you know, what you describe as the Thierry Henry position, really. And instead of opening his body and taking a shot at goal, he just sort of steps over the ball and shimmies and shakes in such a fashion that without even touching the ball, mm. the goalkeeper is kind of <laughs> sober bemused that he could just kind of crumples to the <laughs> ground. It's, it's like, it's almost Jedi-ish kind of striking play, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is not the ball uh, you are looking for.
2: Yes, exactly. And then he just, uh, I forget, does he just roll the ball into the empty net once the goalie's yeah. flat out on the floor? Yeah. But uh, it's, I mean, the, the nerve... It's, that's what it is, isn't it? It's the nerve that he shows in even attempting it. Uh, preposterous. I mean, you know...
1: Yeah, I mean, for, just... For for a man with a dodgy heart, very, very <laughs> steady in those moments it is absolutely brilliant and I think there's like a there's this kind of when the goal goes in there's this like oh look what he did as the cheers start there's also this oh my god Um, yeah that was that was pretty amazing he scored an incredible flick as well didn't he against Middlesbrough Um, yeah he did this uh, scored a great goal I I think it was at White Hart Lane wasn't it where the ball was played into him and he had his back to the defender and he Mm. just flicked it over him uh, turned around the other side and and lashed the ball into the net. Uh, that was and then of that was course the Stamford
2: Bridge as well. His hat trick at Stamford Bridge, capping it with uh, that brilliant goal from right out on the touchline, yeah. bringing it into
1: the top corner. I suppose though people are more talking about flicks and tricks though are they stuff that Oh yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Does I thought it... we were just listing canoe stuff now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um I mean Ramsey's goal last year against uh, Tottenham at White Hart Lane is is fantastic piece of skill. Um there's a there's yeah. a great video where you can see the Arsenal players doing a warm up um and they're in a circle. This is at Highbury I think. And um, Dennis Bergkamp, Nutmegs, Alex Song I know it's not during a game, just warm up stuff, but that's that's pretty good. <laughs> I enjoy that. Uh, Thierry Henry scored a back heel against
2: Charlton, I always remember. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Uh, little 1 2 with Jesse Reyes, I think, as a person, then just back heel it into the net. Um, but yeah, there were so many moments that, I mean, we are talking about Carnu's goals, but he contributed so many moments that just made you go, I mean, how did he even think to do that? You know, he was uh, a really unusual Player to watch. I mean, you know, a one-off. Really, yeah, I, yeah. I, I loved him. Yeah, oh. but yeah, that was the moment for me. That deportivo moment. That's the most outrageous thing I've seen. <laughs> yeah. A, so a if you, if you haven't text. seen
1: it, make sure you uh, make sure you look that up. Canu deportivo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it's on YouTube. I think we should watch it. I think I'm. I think I'm just going to watch it now. Hang on. Yeah, watch it. Why not? Yeah. Um, oh. Sounds like there's a chainsaw going off in the background there. Let me have Can a listen. Canu uh, Gold Wow. Okay. So this is the Canu goal. Ball's gone up in the air. Canu running in. Amazing, amazing. Arsene Wenger on the sidelines just laughing, just laughing. What a <laughs> what a fucking brilliant goal that was.
2: Um, I have had a listen. I think it is a chainsaw, so there's not much I'm going do about that, really. I no. Think it's a man with a chainsaw. I'm not going to tell him to put it away. No. They're chopping down trees near me. That's
1: why we need trees.
2: I don't know. To make paper or something. I don't know, Andrew, what they're doing. To clear the, the root for cattle. Oh, That's my. what happens in the rainforest.
1: Yeah. We need more sort trees. Film, Stop chopping it? them down, fuckers. I know. I know. They're
2: putting out all the oxygen, mm. but, you know.
1: They won't listen. All right, here's a question from Anthony Brown at Red Ant 83 And he says, should Arsenal play a more defensive game against Manchester United due to lack of attacking options? Hashtag safety first.
2: Well, we talked about this last week, but we we kind of think that Jose Mourinho might go kind of safety first. You yeah. Know? We might. So what happens if you get safety first versus safety first? You Is get- it like when you put two... Ends of a magnet against each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. A weird repulsion.
1: You get you. Yeah, I guess you get Manchester United versus Liverpool. Oh God! Or something. I mean, how would you feel about a draw at Old Trafford? I'd take it probably. If you offered it yeah. to me now, I'd I'd take it. Um, obviously, I do not have so, that power. Yeah. Well, you know, you need to work on that. Um, yeah. I. W- yeah, I I take it. I obviously would prefer a win. I think had we gone into this game with a fit Alexis, with a fit Hector Bellerin, I think we could be going into it feeling pretty confident, based on the way Manchester United have been playing this season. Uh, now I'm I'm not so confident. I feel like we've been weakened or could be weakened quite considerably without those two players. Um, so you know, on that basis, I I would I would take a draw, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that approach, that kind of sitting off approach, is really gonna work because of the way United I think are gonna set up. Unless Mourinho yeah. really goes for it, but he, it, when, when's the last time a Mourinho team has like really gone for it and played a high line and left space in behind for us to counter attack against or for any team to counter attack against? So. I don't think safety first is necessarily going to work. Um, but obviously, we've, we've got to be mindful um, of leaving ourselves exposed defensively if we, if we go and try and win the game, you know?
2: Yeah, like even if he senses blood with a couple of injuries to the Arsenal team, it's, it's just not his style mm. to, to attack in that fashion. Um, do I think, what was the original question? Do I think that we should maybe put a defensive set up?
1: Yeah, out? play a more defensive game.
2: I mean, can we? That's the other question. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah. We, we, we talk about can Jason Mourinho play an attacking game? Arsenal spoken a lot this season about how much our team is set up to go forward. I'm not. Sure. I think it would be such a big change to then a, a, adopt a defensive setup that it would it might destabilise the whole team. Asking them to do something that different, they've not mm. really been asked to do that all season long. Mm. Um, so no, I think we've got to play our game. I think we've got to. I mean, the risk of sounding like Arsene Wenger, we, we've just you know got to do what we do, um, and 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 do hope we do it well enough that that that's enough. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't think we can suddenly reinvent ourselves as this kind of solid defensive unit who can go there and play for a point. I don't really think that's in our Make up
1: right, right, okay,
2: for, well, be- for better or worse fair enough let's uh, let's have a, have you got one more or yeah, I'm sure I do let me have a little look
1: um what do you think do you think we should be defensive? I don't think that can be our main approach I mean obviously we have to be uh, we have to be as solid as we can be, but I don't think you know we're, we're we, we just can't play with ten eleven men behind the ball. that's not the type of team that we are. Uh, maybe mm. if you play against someone like Barcelona, who at least leave you some space to to counter into, then you could try that, and you would obviously have a more defensive approach against the team who who look to attack that much. But uh, as I said, I don't think United are going to really try; they're not going to go gung ho at us. So I think um, I don't think it's a case we'll cancel each other out, but I, I do think we'll we'll just have to go and try and win the game. Cool. So
2: let's have. This question. This one is okay. from Steve Pye, who's at nineteen eighties Sports Blog on Twitter. Okay. He says, which is worst? By the way, his question is not related to the 1980s,
1: which is really disappointing. Okay. Oh, well. I have my hopes which up there. Is
2: wor- <laughs> which is worst? A, international break. Mm-hmm. B, the time between Christmas and New Year. Right. I don't have much against that myself, but there you go. Yeah. C, Wasps
1: or D Jose Mourinho oh there's a clear winner um international breaks are annoying but you know you can go to the cinema and stuff and help pass the time time between Christmas yeah. and New Year I like it I like that week
2: I like it as well
1: yeah I, I didn't know that was a thing that people didn't like that yeah maybe I- it's just Steve Pye who doesn't like that maybe maybe um, I don't know what his problem is. Maybe he's just so excited about New Year's Eve, um, watching Jules Holland, that he... Uh he just, you know, he can't bear the anticipation of, A, waiting for Christmas, Christmas morning to get up and open your presents. And then you've got to wait again for New Year's Eve to have the parties. I don't know. I, I like that week because it's kind of weird and nobody's really doing anything. And you can lie around and eat sandwiches and watch football and all that. So I, I like it from that there point There is
2: football, view. unlike the international break.
1: Yeah, there is football. Exactly. Though. Now, wasps are complete cunts. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. But basically, Jose Mourinho is a human wasp. And that makes him far worse for me. Even though it's
2: wasps multiple, one Jose Mourinho is worse than many wasps.
1: Well, think of how many wasps you would need to make one Jose Mourinho-sized wasp. That's a lot of wasps. Yeah, Yeah. that's a... a, I mean, a wasp that... that,
2: That's going to kill you, really. A wasp that
1: big. That would be a... They're they're called hornets. Ah, that's what they are. Yeah. So... I see. Still, I just think that, you know, at least wasps you can you can spray them with stuff you can hit them with rolled up newspapers and and that does them some damage whereas if you were to hit Jose Mourinho with a rolled up newspaper it would just be irritating to him he it would make him very crotchety i think being slapped in the head with a with a rolled up newspaper now if you were perhaps to roll the newspaper around an iron bar maybe that would be a little bit better but just just for the sheer country he's inflicted on the world of football when you think back James you think back. Do you know who I blame for all this? I don't know. Dolphins? Wayne, Phil Collins? Wayne Bridge.
2: <laughs> he's in the jungle. What? What do you mean he's in the jungle? Yes. Hang on. Wait, what? explain why you blame Wayne Bridge and I'll tell you about him being
1: in a jungle. Well, if Wayne Bridge hadn't have scored that goal against us in the Champions mm. League quarterfinal. It was quarterfinal, right? Yeah. Yeah? It was the Champions League quarterfinal. I believe that that Arsenal team would have gone on to win the Champions League that season. Instead, Porto won it. And from there, Jose Mourinho became just part of football. Had he not mm. won that Champions League, I think he'd be just fucking scratching around somewhere now, sniffing his bum on a fucking beach somewhere. Um, so basically, I I blame Wayne Bridge for that. Well... well.
2: If it's any consolation to you, Wayne Bridge is currently living in the jungle. But why? For a TV show, admittedly. Oh, okay. Oh, like, uh, he is,
1: get me he out of here? He is a too. celebrity
2: in the jungle, and we have to get him out of there or, 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 or not. La- just or leave him. him. Leave him. Leave him. Even after the program terminates, just leave him in the jungle.
1: Yeah. Oh.
2: If you hate wasps and you think a giant wasp is the worst possible outcome of that. Yeah. How do you feel about the Watford mascot, Harry the Hornet? Well, he's a hornet.
1: He's not a wasp. Hornets are more evil than wasps, I think. Really? Yeah. There's a like, There's a video on YouTube of Japanese hornets. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but Japanese hornets are just uh, evil, right? So mm. they... They send out like a hornet scout and he goes and comes back and says, yeah, there is a there's a hive of bees over there. Let's go kill them. So like 20 hornets go in a massacre, massacre a whole hive of, of bees. They just kill them for the fun, for the sport. That's pretty evil. That is pretty evil. Actually. So um, I would be careful if I was going to source. Although I did see yeah. this other one where some other types of bees what they do is when the the scout hornet comes in they they cover him right they they completely uh, engulf this one uh, scout hornet and they start vibrating and they essentially uh, the 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 vibrations create heat and the honeybees can can withstand heat to let's say 100 degrees and the hornet uh he can't he can only do like 96 degrees. So they cook the fucker. They basically cook him by, by no. golfing him. Yes, it's amazing. It's amazing. So go bees, I say. But anyway, to no, go back to the question Jose Mourinho.
2: The conclusion is D, Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho.
1: Great. Yeah. What would That's your choice be about. on that?
2: Oh, yeah, Jesse Rina, yeah. All right. I was just
1: checking. Oh, I was okay. just testing you. All right, okay, yeah. okay. Um, I think, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Richard Franklin tweeted to say, in capitals, play FIFA, you pricks. Then, oh, yeah. Then he deleted that and, re- and, uh, and replaced <laughs> it with, play FIFA, you pricks. Hashtag Ars-Cast Extra. <laughs> 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 so thanks, Richard. We will,
2: we will. Yeah, we will, we will, we will. Are you good at FIFA now?
1: No, I'm really terrible. Really terrible. I was playing the other night and I, I get beaten all the time. Uh, I'm like in Division 10 playing online and it's the worst. This kid the other day, I'm sure he was a kid, like 14, uh, he was playing with Barcelona and he was doing like flicks and tricks and rainbow flicks over my head. So I just quit. I was just like, fuck off. <laughs> I don't have time I for wish this. you
2: could do that in real football. Yeah, just, just quit. Like, when yeah. you were playing Barcelona, just be like, oh, no. Nah, fuck it. Um, yeah. How's your individual career going, though? You were playing for Arsenal last time you told oh, me. Oh, yeah. Scoring, I got a Scoring
1: bit, goals as a number 10. Got a bit bored of that, so I stopped. And then just, been, <laughs> just busy with work, so I haven't really been able to play. Um, but we won the league. I won the league and stuff. And then it's just, uh, you know, I need a Once new game Once you've done now. that, it's difficult to make yeah. yourself. I need a new game. Final question. This is from Bjorn Alm. Who's at Alm um, N five. And he wants to know what do you think? Mm. Now, I don't know if it's what do you think? What <laughs> do you think? What do you think? Or what do you think? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? Well what do you what do you think? What do I think? But I'm asking yeah. you, what do you what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Or what do you Thoughts. What do you think? Thoughts? They're terrible, aren't they? Thoughts? I try and block them out as uh. much as I possibly can.
2: I try not to think anything. I try to just go on pure in- animal instinct. It's,
1: it's but, worked uh, out pretty well for you so far. It has to be. So yeah. <laughs>
2: um, but uh, as yeah, as I come having to listen to this podcast, I don't think much. But mm. when I do think, I guess I think. I think I think pictures. Do you? Yeah. More than words, I think I think pictures.
1: Mm, there you go. That's good. Is, is this philosophical now? What is this? I don't know if it's philosophical, but that's an interesting what concept. Th- what do you think? What do I think? I, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. I, you know, I write stuff down. Do you, like, I mean, as, as somebody who works uh, uh, in comedy, do you, do you just sort of write down ideas?
2: Yeah, I have like notes on my phone. Sometimes.
1: So do I. I'm, I was looking. I was looking at them um, the other day. Should underwear be a human right? <laughs> that was. That was that. that now, was one of them. yeah. Where, where's another one? Here. Here's a note. Is he a big guy? No, he's just a fucking maniac. What does that mean? I've got no idea. I don't. It
2: sounds like a description of someone.
1: Uh, um, so. What is the what is the circumference of my arse? There's there's another one. <laughs> um, can dogs be racist? Those are the things right. I think and I write down and I return to every now and again and go, what? It, why? Is, I I don't know. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's it's scary, isn't it? They sort of become devoid of all more meaning. Mm. Um,
1: That's what I think.
2: Like, I'm looking now at my phone, and it says, (laughs) watching two sausage
1: dogs fight. That's all it says. (laughs) Um, Uh, I I mean, I don't like dog fights, but two sausage dogs, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What if aliens landed, and they all looked like human babies? (laughs) That's (laughs) something I've been wondering about.
1: Is that what Arrival's about? (laughs) Uh, Not quite, not quite. But, uh, yeah, the aliens are are interesting looking, it it has to be said. But, uh, yeah, those those are the sort of things. Strange, weird ideas that get written down and then never acted on. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, although if anyone reads the blog um, on a regular basis, they will know that from time to time... Um, I do let those thoughts spill out. Generally, during an Um I- I'm quite happy to, you know, let my brain splurge onto the blog page, and uh, and uh, it's it's it sort of calms things down a bit for me. So I, every so often, I can just go into the realms of surreal and what have you, and then then my thoughts seem calmer. I don't know if that says mm. something about me or not, but there you go. Yeah. I think so. All right. I think so. Well, there, are keen well, insight look, we into... Well, made it. Yeah, yeah. We've probably given people more insight into our minds than we probably should have. Um, That's there, what happens in the inter, though. This is it. You just stray off the beaten path. Remember, you can get tickets to come see the Arsecast Extra live on Thursday, November 24th at the garage in Highbury and Islington, myticket.co.uk. Uh, just search for Arsecast there. Get your tickets, come along, have a beer. It'll be great to see you. Uh, we'll be around afterwards for chats and, and free hugs. I think we should dispense free hugs as well. The world needs more hugs, so we'll, we'll do sure. it. Why not? Why Why not? not? Why not? All right. As a one-off special, free hugs. Free hugs, indeed. All right, well, there'll be an Arscast on Friday when we look ahead to the game against Manchester United. Scary and all as it is. Keep your fingers crossed for Alexis. Um, Mm. That his leg doesn't fall off, and we'll catch you on the next Arscast Extra. Until then.
2: Bye-bye.